All right, everybody, welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. I feel like this has been years in the making, Charlie. We're here together in your, what is this room? This is not the kitchen or the living room. Is this the dining room? This is just where we hang out and eat. You do eat here. This is family dinner. Yes. This is dinner. This is breakfast. This is homework. This is just the spot. Podcast now? No. Have you ever done a podcast on this table? No. I think I've only done one or or two. Yeah, I saw that other one uh, with... um, Torque, what is it? Torquest or? Oh, yeah. I, I did one with Brendan Steele and. Uh, oh, uh, guy, member guest. Member guest. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I did one with Ch- Jace, the uh, Aussie guy. Yeah, yeah, Jace McElpeen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. Those yeah. Are the only Have, two, you've known him for a while. I met him just through Ricky Fowler randomly somehow, somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I got I to gotta turn the levels up. Right. I can't, because I, I can't tell me? if I'm. You can't hear me or I can't. Well, hear I just you. can't tell if we're doing good or bad quality. Is that, is that too loud for you? I'll, I'll I'll be okay with that. <laughs> do you want some? Uh, do you want me to put wax in your ears so that you can simulate my hearing? Yeah. No. All right. So I was thinking. I, I've never I've never um, started a podcast this way. But when I was thinking last night about what we could talk about, I was thinking, let's start at the beginning. Is it on the cards? Is what your? This is not on the cards. This is not on the cards. Charlie is referring to a fat stack of five by eight note cards that I have in front of me. I probably have, like I said, most of them are listener questions. So if you posted a question, we have it. But uh, and, and we'll hopefully get to it. But I was thinking, let's start just December twenty seventh and seventy one. I don't know. You don't know that, that day? No. It's, it's your birthday? Not no. Seventy six is my birthday. Seventy six. Yeah, I knew I was gonna fuck it up right off the bat. <laughs> so seventy one. I, I have no clue about. Who do you share your birthday with five years before you? I wish I had. A, I wish it was like someone amazing. But no. But it's seventy six. <laughs> oh wow. You want to know an interesting I'm useless such fact? A bad host. Interesting useless fact is I share the birthday with. Louis Pasteur, who invented Whoa. pasteurization. Yeah. I did that. I found, I did like fourth grade. You had to find somebody famous that you share a birthday with. So I actually do know someone famous. I don't know how hundreds of years prior, but. Right. But yeah. you guys share the same birthday. December 27th. And you've both contributed Not 76, to. 76, just the same day. 1876, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. So I've already gotten your birthday wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the date right. Yeah. December 27th. You did. Uh, no, but seriously, you were born. Like, like I kind of want to dig into your am like, I, am life. I now. Younger or older than you since I'm born in 76 now? <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good question. I'm born in 81. Uh, I have, uh, I have I more gray older, hair than you. Older no matter what. You don't have any gray hair. You're, do you, I'm just losing my hair. Just, <laughs> would you rather lose your hair or have gray hair? Well, I think the people that are losing their hair would rather have gray hair, and the people that have gray hair would rather lose their hair. I'd rather be. And mine is mostly showing up on the sides of my beard, and I was feeling like... Uh, surprising myself and I, I, I had a surprising thought to myself that I wanted to die it which I was pretty ashamed of in and of itself and what do you think I'd say no die don't don't do no. it distinguished gray yeah. go with it yeah I don't know <laughs> anyway this is this is really turned quickly yeah that's my whole goal is to just turn you yeah. so you have to go to the cards so now I see what you're like in match play <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh president's cup Kevin Chapel. let's talk about that um well no, we can get to that later uh but no seriously uh you know, do, do you have any like early memories, like golf or non-golf? What what are your earliest memories? You know, like for me, it was like a fire truck. I don't know, a yellow fire truck. Earliest memories? I, yeah, that, this that, is actually not a podcast. This is therapy, and I've been, I, I'm accredited. I think that's why I'm good at golf. I don't really have tons of memory. I've heard that's really good for golf. <laughs> yes. You got it. You got to forget. Yes, I'm good at forgetting. Right. Oh, there's my dad. Hey, dad. Does he want it? Does he need a mic? Who pays who here? Can we cut? Yeah, we'll take a pause. Pause.
All right, we're back. So um, apparently your dad also doesn't know your birthday either. That's, no. that's reassuring. Exactly. Do you know your kids' birthdays? You're on the spot now. I am. You do, right? Yeah. You have to. I do. Are you not going to say them? It's <laughs> <laughs> personal information. No, I, November 10th and July 27th. But seven nine. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, but but you know, so you don't have any early memories. You remember? You don't have anything going back. You, no. you delete it all. Yeah, really? I don't. I don't really. I don't believe you. Well, you have to have something you remember from at some point. Just like, to, I, tell me I, any memory other than saying hi to me this morning. What? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I don't know. What I'm. No, I have no like memory that sticks out from a young age. Um, okay, well, that kind of that blows the whole line of questioning yeah. that is based on uh, on childhood. But uh, but I, I do I recollect when it like it's all stored up here, but it doesn't jump out in front of me. Does right, that make sense? Yeah, sure, sure. So you can still go down that road. I can. Yeah. What would you suggest I ask you right now? That would be really helpful to me. <laughs> I'm feeling very unprepared right now, even though I have a one inch stack of pieces of paper. I, I have. I'm not the question maker. Do you have any questions for me? We can wrap this up. I mean, it could be like, that'd be pretty incredible if it was the shortest podcast ever. (laughs) We've been recording for six minutes and we're already considering stopping. (laughs) We are definitely going to break the record of of downloads. I think it's possible. Yeah. I think it's possible. Um, We've already, uh, we we could get, we've already, we went through a tour of the garage and we, and we found uh, Charlie offered everyone listening. Well, not everybody, but some people. Yes. Some waste management metal spikes. Yeah. Might even put a signature on them. Whoa. And and they fit your foot. Oh, they're my, they're my spikes that I probably wore one, one week during the Phoenix Open or the Masters. The green sort of goes together, but I'd, I'd assume some of that stuff was more. More Phoenix Open. You, uh, what size foot are you? What size shoe? Ten. Ten. Foot Joy, ten. Uh, scratch that out. I mean, <laughs> great company. Adidas. Uh, no, uh, that's fine. That's fine. We're going to, we got to, we, remember that we got to cut that. We got to <laughs> cut out my thing and cut out his thing. Say, so, you know, I'll we'll pause it really quick. You're, you're, um, uh, so, so yeah, that's really cool. We're going to do that. And then also we brought, should we, should we just, should we just go from the top here? We, we brought something. Colt, do you want to pull out what we brought? Uh, Snowball has some things that he wants you to sign to give yeah. away on eBay. Yeah. And it's, on uh, eBay. I mean, I mean on to, to the followers, <laughs> to the listeners. <laughs> G- give away on eBay. <laughs> we got... You I know, saw your Instagram post. Because we were at... Because, uh, you know, I went... Because <laughs> we, we were at... You know, we went to Augusta this year. You yeah. had a hole-in-one on Sunday, right? Or Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. That was monster. The only thing disappointing about this napkin, what? There's not a drink stain on it. We should put one on it. Do we have it? Do <laughs> we have it? I don't. I didn't want to dirty them. And then we have a scorecard. And then we also have some balls. What? What's your least favorite thing to sign? I've heard it's a golf ball. Golf ball is not fun to sign. It's the worst. Yeah, it really is. But you do a good job of it. I've seen some of your signatures on balls. A few and far between uh, signatures on balls. If if I'm going through the gallery and signing, I'm going to sign flags. You don't pick a ball. No, just too hard to fumble, mumble. Oh, we're gonna put it. We're gonna put a stain on the Augusta National uh, napkin, yes. so that you know it's been used in the official Eric Andrews Lang Show podcast. <laughs> um, what? Uh, what? Uh, so anyway, if you're listening, we've got a scorecard from Augusta National. I, I'm just disappointed your scores from the Monday after aren't on this. I mean, I shot an 84, dude, and I guarantee you know every hole. Oh, which, totally. Yeah, heart by heart, I yeah. know everything. Yeah. I, and my my best hole was number one, and my other best hole was number 18, and everything else in between was sort of a yard sale. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite hole, Augusta? 
you, let's just talk so, Augusta for the hour. Yeah, you, we could talk Augusta for a long time. Are we even allowed to say Augusta? We, you, yeah, we can say whatever we want. You love that place, right? I mean, it is, it's, a, it's a great spot. It's it's like you're walking on eggshells whenever you're in there, but it's where you want to be. Even you? Oh, always. No, I don't. Are total, you surpri- I'm surprised yeah, by that. Yeah, total total eggshells for me. Really? But it's like when I go and play their practice prior, I rarely eat breakfast. There, I'll eat at the like Waffle House outside the gate. I went there. Yeah. Wait, why? Wait, why don't you? Because I just, there? I don't know. I just don't. I don't. Know, the guy that wants like people serving on me and doing all that and taking the hat off everywhere and no cell phone and all. I just, I'd rather have my cell phone with me and be able to talk to somebody if they want prior to go playing golf for five hours. You know, I think that's why. I think that's why we get along. Cause I'm basically the same. Yeah. Right. Like I, I actually feel terribly uncomfortable in yeah. those situations. What, I mean, does that relate to, I mean, when you played golf as a kid, where was it? On public golf. All public. Yeah. So first private golf course experience. Oh, I mean, I'm sure playing San Diego golf, we venture off into some private clubs here and there. I remember, I remember they had a bigger event that played in, like in this area, Ranch Santa Fe Farms and a few other places that were pretty cool. Right. But, uh, not a ton of country club golf. By and, any means. and when when you would do that, would you be like, uh, I feel you know the same experience. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not used to this. I don't like this. It's yeah, it's not comfortable. I'm, I've always been a guy. Like even when I first turned pro, it's like going to country clubs. I said, oh, come out and play, and I I just never ever felt welcome because I wasn't a member. Really, and the point of a, a, a country club is to be a member. You're a member. They can come if you go out there for free. You're not a member. You're, you're just using the facility. You're I've always a guest. felt so. To this day, that all the clubs here in San Diego that I belong to, I I pay for. Just, right. Even if they were to give me a membership, I'm not saying they were, would, but I paid because I'm a member. Then I can, if I don't like something, I can say I don't like it, or if I like it, I can tell them I like it. Or right. So I'm a member, just like everybody else. Because as an honorary member, you're sort of like eh, we're doing you a favor, guy. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't want any favors. I don't say I don't want favors, but I, you definitely enjoy a, a, the ability to be a member. Right. Yeah, that's that's quite a cool privilege, you know. Yeah. I never thought I was going to join a club, and you know, it's funny for me because, like, same similar to similarly to you, I actually when I first started playing golf, I don't know if you had this experience. You probably didn't because I'm a bit more I don't know uh, naive, I guess, as far as some things are concerned, but. When I first started playing golf, I didn't even know that there were golf courses you could play. I thought they were 100% private. Really? And so I would just go to the driving range, and then I found out that there were courses open to the public, and I was like, oh. Like, I thought golf for me was just going to be the driving range forever. And, um, yeah, and then I remember the first time I played at a private course was actually the club I'm currently a member at, and I remember being, like, just crazy nervous. Um, But... uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 kind of an interesting experience. You know, what what is it like for you to be a member right now? Yeah, it's, well, it's it's great. Besides having to pay, I <laughs> hate the paying. I get the bill every month, yeah. and I'm like, I should quit. Yeah, there's there's a couple. I mean, I mean, I'm more, member of more than one golf course. And you're like, should I really be spending that? Even right. if I go there a handful of times a year, but for me, it's a business expense, and uh, yeah, use it that way. But uh, it's it's great to be a member. You hang out with guys and. A few weeks ago, I went and played like this little hit and giggle with the guys and just acted like a normal member. Was that when you got the hole-in-one? You had another hole-in-one? At uh, Coronado. No, yeah. that, was, that was with uh, some friends that I'd met, actually. Chef Ming, uh, Ming Tsai, out of Boston. I 
played in the Bob Hope with him. He has a, a, a shopping, or he has a cooking show on the HNN. H, home HGN? H, no, home. HLN, I don't. Yeah. HLN, I'm some big fan of it. Obviously, some trio of letters <laughs> makes up where this cooking show is. HSN, HSN, Home, Home Shopping Network. Exactly. But anyways, got it. Been friends with him for a while. Played the Bob Hope the year after I won with him. Okay. Anyways, and just a cordial, and he was in town doing a cooking, uh, a fundraiser with Thomas Kellen and a few other chefs, and uh, it was at the Grand Del Mar here in San Diego, and um, went to that, and then we went and played the Coronado a day or two after that, and of course I. Speaking in public, I enjoy playing public golf course. Went down there and played public golf course in the middle of everybody else. Teed off at like 10 o'clock. And, and is everybody like, Hoff? No, you know what? Are they freaking sort out? Of, sort of stay undercover a little bit. I really? Because you have like a mask on or something? Or you yeah. just, or just, you just I mean, kind of... Well, you probably probably didn't wear a hat and have a small bag. I mean, just I mean, obviously, if you know golf, you're going to pick me out. But right. Try, didn't wear all my gear. Like, right, right, right. Anyway. I saw the green uh, single strap in the garage. Was, yeah. that, was that your, was that your uh, undercover bag? That's my Augusta undercover bag. It says Augusta on it? I yeah. didn't see that. Yeah. We didn't dig through it because you know, we, we hadn't like, said hello yet. I didn't want to be found <laughs> rooting through your shit. Um, but but uh, is it hard because you, you, your life is golf. You, 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 your work is golf. Your like, passion is golf. Probably to some extent your... Um, your uh, golf, like golf is everything. So when you play golf on a day off, are you just like, is it, is it hard to get talked into that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not often I do that. So I mean, I've been off for about four weeks now and I've only played golf, uh, three times and technically we're sort of like charity things. So, right. Yeah. Cause yesterday you were up in Napa, Napa for, um, Ricky Barnes, Ricky Barnes. charity event, uh, supporting him. So this time of year, not a ton of golf, but as I was working out this morning, my wife reminded me that we're leaving in about a week and a half to go play in Korea, so I need to start getting to the golf course and start practicing. But Dude, I, are you pumped for that? Yeah, I've never been over to Korea, uh, and then I'm going to Shanghai and China after that, and uh, it's been interesting. I've always played the Shriners Hospital Open. My, I lived in Vegas for over 20 years, went to college out there, and um, last year I gave up my whole tour check to the uh, obviously the victims of the, of the shooting, which yeah. happened right about a, a year and a day ago. Yeah. Uh, and this year I'm not probably not going to play Vegas just because I'm playing over in Korea and China, just because I'm not doing my foundation event there this year and just a handful of things. And I wanted to go play in Asia and I haven't done it yet. So that's what I'm doing. What have you heard about, uh, it's in Seoul, right? Is it the, uh, no, it's in Jeju Island, actually in, oh, uh, right. an island just off the South part of, Korea, which I first was awesome. Last year was first year. What is the course? Do you, I, I have I've, I've done so much Korea research yeah. over the last week, but it, everything's actually webbing together, and yeah. I'm going to say something wrong if I try it's, to. It's some beautiful golf course. Is it Nine Bridges? I want to Nine say Bridges. It is Nine Bridges. See, that's what was on the tip of my tongue, but yeah. I didn't want to make my second mistake of no. the podcast. <laughs> Jesus, I got to get over it. Yeah. Um, dude, that's going to be sick. Yeah. So what? my wife's going with me there, which would be cool. She's, she's never been In to the background. Yeah. <laughs> she's never been to Korea. I've never been. We'll go there, and then uh, she's going to fly back home, and uh, I'll go over to China. What do you guys, when you're lucky enough to have her with you, uh, what's the routine like? What do you do? You because I would imagine you're really trying to conserve energy, but do you like go out and have fun and have a few drinks? Not really. I mean, kids are usually with us, so this is even rarer than rare. Us right. go just us two to a golf tournament. I just sort of like you never been. She, I've never been. I'm like, you want to go to Korea? And she's like, yeah. It's like a honeymoon, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Got the 
kids taken care of with grandparents, and I'm lucky they all live close, and brothers, cousins, sisters, and I mean, everybody's, everybody's pretty close, so we can hand them off pretty easily. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's great. It's a, it's a normal week, even if they're there or not there. It's actually worse when they're not there, because when you come home to an empty hotel room, it's really actually boring, as you know, staying in hotel rooms. Super actually, lonely. Yeah. It feels this ex- extra work. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't like being in hotel rooms by myself because you want you want to come depressing. to a place where you know someone and you can just like yeah. talk about the bs of your yeah. day yeah just anything but a hotel room i feel really lucky because you know i get to like choose who i work with and yeah. you know we have colt and andrew here hanging and like you know we just back back from scotland and like i was there we were in scotland and i was thinking about the crew we had we were like traveling four and five and six and you know i was just like damn this would suck if i was alone yeah it'd be no fun this would actually be like this would not be fun no and um, I can imagine that comes into play for a lot of tour players, like at some point in their career, whether they're married or not, or international. It's got to be a grind. Yeah, there's no. I mean, you obviously you adapt. I mean, I started started traveling by myself, and you room with guys that you're friendly with, and so on and so forth. And then then you have a girlfriend, and they travel with you, and then you're married, and they travel with you, and married with kids, and you travel with them, and then it goes into this opposite and then your wife and kids stop traveling and then you're <laughs> back to that same guy at the start but it's weird you got to relearn friends again because you're like oh who, who are the married guys that don't have wives <laughs> or kids out here so you, then you call them up to go to dinner and they're like your family in town no perfect you want to go to dinner yeah let's go to dinner that's i mean that's how it works is there like a whatsapp group like a we, maybe we should start an app <laughs> not a whatsapp an app <laughs> Just an app for uh, what would it be called? Lonely like, golfers. Lonely, lonely on tour. <laughs> Lot. <laughs> but like it, when you if you, say you're going to a tournament and you and you know that the lady can't come, is there someone that you're like particularly excited to sort of catch up with, or is there you know like oh yeah cool that'll be fun? No, not really. I don't usually play it by ear, but you end up going to dinner with your caddy or something because your caddy's done working when you're working or something <laughs> like that around dinner time or. For me, like college guys I played college golf with, and then then you got guys that you're obviously friendly with, like you said, or Kevin Chapel, Kevin Kisner, or something like that, that right. may not have their families out also and see what's going on. Right. Chapel's such a good guy, yeah. huh? He's actually wanted to play golf today, but I had to do this. He's fucking down here? Yeah, he's here. Let's go hang with him. <laughs> he's, I, you know, we did a podcast together. I he, just edited the vlog last night. Yeah. You know, we, you gotta, we, gotta, we, gotta, we, should, we should FaceTime him. Yeah. What the, should we? That's no. so, yeah, go ahead. What? Uh, well, well, I'm the only guy in the world that doesn't have an Apple phone. I don't have. If you give me his number, I'll FaceTime him, but he yeah. won't know who it is. Yeah, I, I have. Uh, what's I could WhatsApp him video. What's that video? Let's do it. I, he's not going to answer, but he I don't. Might, he might answer if he sees the Hoff is calling. I mean, let's see. Calls. I don't even know if I have his stuff on WhatsApp. It should just populate now. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm get. not. I'm technically challenged. You're not, you're not technically savvy. No, I'm not. You're savvy, but be. not technically. <laughs> I don't see. I don't see it on here. No. Anyways. Yeah. Why don't you? Are you sponsored by Android? What's going on here? No. I had the original iPhone, then I didn't like it, and I vetoed it ever since. Just a man. I own a ton of Apple products, though. Yeah. I mean, you have to. iPads. Apple TV. Apple TV. Everything. Everything else Apple besides the phone. Like to be different a little bit sometimes. Yeah. I mean, speaking of different, everybody wants to know why did you cut the hair? I think I know. But why did you cut the hair? And when are you going? And people want to know when you're going to grow it back. Everyone obviously loves it because they like connected with you through that. Uh, the hair is not coming back ever. So it don't doesn't doesn't grow. It, it would be a, a it, it was a skullet before, but it would be a major skullet 
now because the hair on top definitely doesn't grow very well. Uh, no, you know what? Uh, sitting pretty much in this, I think in this house, and my daughter had never had a haircut, and she was one and change probably. I don't know exactly her age, and uh, maybe two. Actually, probably two years old. And uh, she was wor- scared of the word cut. Huh. So anytime. A lot of golfers are. Yeah. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought about that. But I was thinking scrape on the knee, right. elbow, whatever. Every time she, oh, you got to cut. It hurt. Right. She thought if scissors went to the hair, it was going to hurt. Oh, that makes actually really logical sense. It makes total logical sense. <laughs> so I told her I would get my hair cut first if she went and got her hair cut. So that's, that's pretty much how we went together. So her first haircut and my first haircut in a long time together. You know, you know they make those mugs that say, like, number one dad? Yeah. I feel like you actually deserve it. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's super cool, man. <laughs> I try. Because, it, I mean, in some parenting's sense. not easy. You, your job is made up of, obviously, performance, right? You're yeah. an athlete. But it's also celebrity, right? Yeah. Like, you're an entertainer. I am. And in some sense, having that hair was part of your branding. It was. It was. And when you chopped it off, was the first feeling like, I would imagine the first feeling might be like, oh, this is great, like lightness. This is actually a funny story. So the next day I was playing golf and I was at the Grand Del Mar playing and uh, I was playing with a fellow San Diego golfer, uh, Phil Mickelson. And I'm on the range. Heard of him. Hitting balls. And he's looking, he's like, where's he at? Why isn't he here yet? Why? And he didn't have, and obviously I didn't tell him I'd cut my hair, but I, he didn't have any clue that That's I was, uh, had short hair and wasn't looking for that. Obviously he was looking for the hair. Right. So I didn't have a hat on. I probably had my small bag and uh, that was that. That was the first person I uh, confused. You know, I, cause I go back to the hair and my, um, <laughs> my favorite image of you with the hair is, I don't know what course it was, but... Um, you missed a putt, and you so politely and casually <laughs> floated the putter into the water. And it, it was like you didn't, it was just, I don't know how many holes you had left. Had a, do you know the story? I mean, obviously. I, I do know the story. I mean, I'd free putted like the last three holes, and I'd oh. may have four putted the hole that the putter went in the water. And oh. it, was, it was one of those where I'd lost my patience with that putter. And, yeah. uh, I decided to let it go. It wasn't a violent throw. No, it, it was wasn't. A, it was a nice casual toss. It was like if you were watching this, it was almost like there was a, a symphony playing. Yeah. Like it was almost. It was almost like you were um, acknowledging the putter's right to a to a better life or something. Yeah. Like, like you were you were sort of like sending it off somewhere else. Yeah. Did so you call Scotty Cameron right after and you were Scotty like Scotty wasn't really that pleased with me, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty was like, get out of here. Uh well. It was explained to me later, which I totally respect, and I've, I've to this day on the PGA Tour, I've never ever used any other putter than Scotty Cameron. So obviously, I'm very, very loyal to Scotty Cameron and his sure. putters he makes. But Scotty thinks, which I agree with, every putter he puts out there is a piece of art to oh. a point. So he took it as I threw his art into a pond. I could see that. I could see how that could frustrate him yeah so i apologize and i said i see your point and i understand but, but i m- i didn't want to ever putt with that putter again <laughs> and you didn't want to give it away and signed i, I sh- should have given it away and signed it which would have been a better way to do it but that said he, he must be able to relate on some level to your experience i mean the putter is one of the most bewildering clubs in the bag it is 
This is one of the most gratifying clubs in the bag also, too. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. I've never experienced. I've made a couple of eagle putts, but uh, um, what is your favorite club in the bag? I mean, statistically, the driver is my probably best club in the bag, but I, I mean, I every memory is from a putt, though, for the All most right. part. I mean, the putter is the one that usually makes the last shot or the clutch putt. So putter is the favorite because that's usually what you finish people off with. Right. Yeah, that is the finisher, the yeah. closer. I don't really make a lot of long putts, so <laughs> for me well, it's not. Because you hit it so close. Uh, that's the only time I can make a birdie is when I put it to like an inch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember, um, was it in, in, at Valero? Did you get up and down from the bunker? I did get up and down for birdie. You bunker. got up and down for birdie to yeah. win. I made the putt. You made the putt. It was yeah. like 10 feet, right? It was about 12. 12? Yeah. Like a, like a cup out to the right? It was out to the left and went right. Right. Yeah. I, I cried. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Because it was, it was after I had interacted with you several times, yeah. and I remember, um, I, I just remember, I don't know. This is after the dream. Oh, way after the dream. The, right. the dream was probably two or three years, five years ago. Yeah. Two or three years after I got into golf, and before I really had anything to do with golf or working, right, or anything like that. So when we ended up in the portal so you, for scratch. So you, you, you work now? This is my job, Charlie. <laughs> Welcome to the Eric Langer's <laughs> show. As your birthday is February 19th. Uh, what? Uh, can I get some water? Um, you but, may if you want. Do you want yeah, some can water? I have, can I have a water, please? Thanks. Um, we got... Uh, oh, is this, is this Chapel? Chapel on the line? No, I, I don't know. Numbers, no, potential fraud. Potential that's, fraud? That's nice. You should Thanks. answer it. Hello, potential fraud. <laughs> um, but you... Uh, no, but but that that um, that was a big fucking day, man. I remember that day. I remember that day because you I, had that. This is. I, I wish you could see this. Them gonna try to get this okay. water water on. It's gonna be actually kind of funny. Who's that? You actually gotta you got you gotta uh, kick the bottom. Nope, nope. So nope, not gonna work. There's a, there's a pedal. Yep, yeah, but you gotta now turn that faucet back on. That was on. Wait, is that and, wa- yeah. is that like childproof? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just so you, you, when you're cooking, you never have to turn, turn a hit. No, you have to leave that on. Yep. <laughs> what is going on? You never have, you never, it's so convenient until you get, until you start getting in hotels and you start kicking things because your water's not on. Thanks, boss. Yeah. What, what do we got? Is this, uh, where's Chambers? it from? Chambers. Chambers Ooh, Bay. U.S. Open Chambers. One, one of my, uh, I did for a long time and, don't do it quite as often. We got a char- we got a Charger one, we got a Chambers Bay one, we got a Shinnecock Hills one. I used to buy, or I try to buy. If I ever go to uh, all the majors, I try to buy just some cups. Yeah, and I like drinking out of them I as really, as memorabilia, as a reminder. I, no, memorabilia, but I really like the Turvis Tumbler. I really enjoy it. It's a, it does a good job of keeping the cold beverage off of your hands. It also does a good job of keeping the hot beverage hot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Just, I think you just sung me for the eighth time. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So let's see. You go, um, most nervous tee shot you've ever had. You remember that? You know what? Augusta number one's always, I mean, people ask if you get nervous. Augusta first hole, first tee shot always rattles you. Everywhere else, not, not too much. And you're hitting, uh, I think I, because that first hole's very demanding for you from the backs. It, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a hard hole. You want to get off to a good start, obviously. I mean, it, yeah, you can't push it. You're in a bunker. You pull it. You're in the ninth fairway in trees. And 
you got to be in the fairway and then the hole barely starts if you actually hit a good drive in the fairway and the green's totally messed up and hard. You're hitting driver, right? Are you hitting three-wood? It depends on the wind. I hit driver many times, hit, hit three-wood a few times. But if you hit driver, that's a pretty big fairway and you're clearing the bunker, aren't no, you? Or no, I can't clear the bunker. Oh. No, not not this. I played from the member tees. So. You can clear the bunker. Cleared that, it pretty easily. That tee shot's a lot easier if you can clear that bunker. I mean, that's my one thing is I have distance but no control. So every once in a while, I can actually have a really good drive. Yeah. We've never really played golf together. Oh, no, we played at the fucking Waste Management Pro-Am. I mean, come See, on. I have a worse memory than you do. <laughs> your most memorable day in your, like, whole entire life. It was and a you, very memorable day. And you forgot it was, no, I, you, who you're with. No, I guess here's what I'm saying. I still, I still contest what I said. We've never really played golf together because that was so different. It was. Different. We've never just chilled. You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> what is in that? What are you drinking? That was, that's, that's ice. This is the second time we've spilled beverage. Ice in the bottom. Charlie, you're very, uh, what is it, um, self-deprecating? Self, uh, yeah. You, uh, I was told by someone who wished to remain anonymous mm. that you have a, uh, that you're very proud of the, uh, the uh, I don't know what to call it, but they said you have something on your back that you're very proud of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, it, is it open to be talked about? My you have pod. A, you have a pod. A power pod. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a power pot on your back. Is that is that a, a, a Titleist thing? It's a, it's a cyst that's been there for a long time, but it's, I'd say gradually, gradually getting bigger. How, but how long? Like my website, doctors will call in. You know, you have something on your back. And there's a. <laughs> I mean, I saw I get on a regular basis from fans really? or people. Yeah. What, how long? I was, in Me- I was in Mexico one time, and the guy was a golf fan. He's like, "I'm a doctor, and I don't know what kind of doctor." He's like. I know that you had that on your back. Do you want to get it removed? I'm like, no, I don't want to mess with any of my body. Because it's working. To... It doesn't hurt. It doesn't manipulate anything that I know of. So why remove it? it and how long has it been? I first saw it, <laughs> it, it the pod, uh, literally like coming out of the shower. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I ran over to a, a, a friend that was a doctor's immediately and like, what is this? And I've got tested more than one time, had MRIs done just to make sure it's not intruding to anything. Right. So it's, I'm, I'm good to go. It's just a friend. Just a nice can, little friend. Can I, t- can I touch it? Yeah. You don't mind? Yeah. Let me see. Right there. There it is. Whoa, dude. Yeah. That's like a baseball. Yeah. You feel it. Bro, squeeze it. No, really? Yeah, How yeah. hard can you go? As hard as you want. <laughs> go. I'm, I'm not going any harder than yeah. that. Yeah. That is that does, is like does, a that's tastes legit. like. Does it feel like silicone? It feels like I was gonna go rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. I've felt this in Los Angeles before. <laughs> it feels like I'm gonna go rock climbing, and it's actually a viable hold, right? Like I yeah. feel like I could actually get up with that. Yeah, you could. Um, so that's and you're not doing anything about it. You're no. just gonna leave it. No. I kind of fucking love that. <laughs> I kind of fucking love that because you know who doesn't like going to the doctor? Us. No, no guy likes to go to the doctor. I hate it. Yeah. I found out last year I have a shark fin on my spine. A shark fin? A shark fin. Literally, my spine goes up, and then there's like literally a little fin that comes off to the right, and it kind of messes up my golf swing when I, when I uh, over, overextend, you know? But when you swim, you're really fast. And you yeah. have lots of control. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's <laughs> terrified of me in the water. <laughs> um, okay, what else? Let's see. I'm going well, to go into the cards. I gotta... <laughs> go into the cards. <laughs> that was early. Yeah. Charlie, that's not early. We've been going 31 minutes. It, I'll come up with something else. Um, let's see. They got one. Go ahead. Colts up. Charlie, what are you obsessed with right now? Like, what are you really Ooh, into? This is a really good question. Like building a playhouse or like, you know, it doesn't what, I, what I'm, 
Charlie, well, what are you obsessed with from Colt? Currently, I'm in s- obsessed with red wine because I was just in Napa and I bought way too much. What's way too much? <laughs> like a, a five cases, ten? I, I, I have to look. And believe it or not, sometimes you have to look at the receipts and see what you bought. <laughs> <laughs> I aspire to this life. I would just like you to know. Uh, that, that's just because I got back from Napa. But no, uh, I, I don't as- obsess about a ton this last Three weeks or a month, uh, I've been obsessing trying to get majority of these boxes that were in my Las Vegas house out of my San Diego house. So, Don't uh, you just have someone who does that for you? Uh, or do you have to go do it? Yeah, no. Why not? You, so you go to Arizona and... No, no, no. Someone... Well, we were at the... I think like the British Open when my house sold in Vegas. Someone packed it all up. Right. No idea what boxes they packed. They, I mean, oh. there was, they did... Bedroom, kitchen, all that. But still, you have no idea. No right idea. You, it's like a new surprise. Right. Every time you go into a box. So for the last month, I've been going through those boxes and been fairly successful. We've still got some junk around, but that's what I've been obsessing over right there. That, that's really exciting, right? You you like that? <laughs> I would, that would I would freak me out. I would want to just throw everything away and oh, see what I forgot. Th- we've thrown a lot of stuff away. Or give actually throw away is not the right word. We've given it to Salvation Army and uh, people cool. in need. I mean, you should have seen the box of just clothes from clothes from all my sponsors through the years. Uh, Wait, you're gonna, throwing authentic Charlie oh, Hoffman dude, so much waste stuff. management so, shirts yeah. at the Goodwill? Oh yeah. So someone's showing up to yeah, the yeah. Goodwill and yeah. they're like, eh, cool. Yeah. And they might be watching you on television yeah. wearing that shirt and have yeah. no idea that it's yours. 100%. Hey, if I'm, this, I'm pretty if this sure is most, you, most people that are at Goodwill aren't playing a ton of golf. Unfortunately. That's not, no, there's a lot of golf shit at Goodwill. That's where I uh, dressed myself for the first two or three years of my golf career. Well, if you ever come back down to San Diego, the local Goodwill may have some good I'm gear. I'm going to go hit it up and see if we can find <laughs> some. That would be incredible. Yeah, I uh, well, I used to go to the Goodwill a lot because I was like, I just didn't have any money. And yeah. what I would do is I would find sometimes you would run into like um, a stretch on the rack of like the same type of shirt and the same hanger, and you could tell that someone had just died. You know what I mean? Because you would be like, yeah. and it would be like all the same size, yeah. all the same vibe. And I was like, and you just buy all of them, you know? Yeah, I, I have never shopped. I'm thank, thankful I've never shopped at Goodwill. You I, never had to. I've, thrift stores I've gone to, which is I guess. A, Goodwill store in it's, Vegas. Vegas in college, I did, but there's some groovy stuff you could find in those places. It's fun. Yeah, we did. We did, sometimes it's fun because I think it really gets it taps you into like whatever the local real realness is, rather yeah. than like going to the Peter Millar store or whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, okay. Ready. Ready. Um, I don't know. Let's I, guess, I, I, I wish I these. Here's a question. Oh, Colts is hitting up questions. Go ahead. Okay, so we were privileged enough to play the old course recently. Yeah. A few weeks back. First and 18, tee shots. Is it nerve-wracking for you? It's, 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 wide open. it's, it's funny you say that. Well, yeah, yes is the answer because, one, you actually want to get it up that right-hand side a little bit because the angle is a little bit better. But the creek comes in, and you just don't know how far. For me, a guy that only plays there twice in his career, you, don't, you know how far the ball is bouncing, but you just don't ever know. So you always, I always end up laying too far back on that first hole just because you look like an idiot if you hit it in the burn. And obviously, every person that's ever played that tee shot thinks about Ian Baker Finch and how the heck he could ever hit it out of bounds left. But Right. Uh, is it nerve-wracking? No, but you, just, you don't want to mess it up. So you, I'm usually a little t- too conservative, which in turn, you don't have that wedge or sand wedge in that you'd like. What, do you hit hole. hybrid on one? I think that's usually what I hit, yeah. Yeah, and then on 18, three-wood or something? No, 18's driver. Driver. But... You, like you want to, you want to favor that right hand side to get that bounce on the green. So it's terrifying. Yeah. So it's 
Do and you, you don't want to hit it off the chops. Are you comfortable? Like, would you, if someone was just like, draw it over the fence, like bring it back, no. you would never no. do that? No. Not worth it. would it. fucking freak me out. I would piss. No. I would piss my pants. I just hate, I just aimed at the uh, first tee box, basically. I was like, I'm not going to miss not here. Bad. I mean, it's not a bad spot. And no. then you have, you're shooting up the green, so yeah. 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 It's, what, um, what's your go-to shot? Driver is usually a cut. Irons, I like to work in both ways. So Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that they bring this up on TV a lot, but like, I mean, when you say you like to hit a cut, but like if you walk up to a dog leg left par five that you can get to, like you're just going to hit a draw, right? Try. I, I don't turn the driver over very well, so really? I, straight would be preferably. Really? If I need to turn it, it'll be three wood. What happens if you try, what happens when you, when you force it, turning it over? It usually goes right or left or anything <laughs> but straight. Like the the hard one of the harder tee shots for me at Augusta is number two, right? Just because because yeah, you don't want to go in that bunker on the you don't want to go in the bunker right, and if you pull it, just any kicks down the left. So two is actually my, probably my hardest tee shot on that golf course. Well, in, in a short drive, you have a weird uh, stance, even in the yeah. middle of fairway. Yeah, it's like really downhill. Yeah, all right, everybody. Want to lose twenty one pounds? A set of clubs and a bag can weigh twenty one pounds. So leave your sticks at home the next time you travel. That's, I didn't realize it was 21 pounds. Jeez. Visit clublender.com and select the clubs you want from among Callaway, TaylorMade, Titleist, and PXG. And select your dates. Not just Medjool dates, folks. We're talking dates on a calendar. Clublender will deliver the clubs in a premium vessel bag. Yes, vessel. That's uh, cool. The day before you round to any hotel course, home, or office in California, Utah, Nevada, Arizona. California, Utah, Nevada, Arizona. If you want to rent anywhere else in the good old United States of America, give them a call and chat with them online, and they'll try to set you up with clubs. They have lefty and righty, stiff and regular men's and women's. Better yet, the clubs come with tees, a dip and prepare tool, and a ball marker, and a wet almond-scented towel. I'm just getting it's a regular, dry, unscented towel. If you need a rangefinder, a glove, or balls, they can send them along too. Going to Vegas, San Diego, Scottsdale, Frisco. I don't know who's going to Frisco, guys. If you're going to Frisco, I don't know. You might just want to switch that decision up. Just playing one or two days and don't want to lug your clubs the entire trip? That's me, y'all. Raise your hand. Clublender's got you covered. Use the code Eric Lang as a coupon code at clublender.com and get 10% off your first order. That's the code Eric Lang, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-G. That'll get you 10% off your first order. Own the experience, not the hassle. Because who hates, who likes hassles? I do not. Who likes experiences? I do. Clublender.com. Coupon code Eric Lang, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-G. That'll get you 10% off your first order. Adidas golf shoes, y'all. Uh, my favorite pair, I'm going to go with Addy Pure. I like the Tour 360 Knit. Yeah, the Knit one. Check out what DJ's wearing and get into that, my guy. Nothing compares to a pair that I wear on the course every time I play. It's true, y'all. I don't miss not being able to wear any other golf shoe because contractually I can only wear Adidas at this point. But the truth is... I couldn't imagine a better situation. And you know what? A little behind the scenes, I went to Adidas and I was like, look, guys, let me not wear any other golf shoe ever. And they were like, yes, sir. And I was like, yes. And then my agent was like, this contract is signed. Anyway, now all I wear is Adidas and I couldn't be happier. Comfort and stability is hard to find in golf shoes, but Adidas delivers every time, quite literally every goddamn time. I've worn 
I've had so many friends tell me how comfortable their golf shoes are, how uncomfortable their golf shoes are, and I always tell them, buy Adidas, Boost, and my guy. Get into the Boost, y'all, literally. It's very easy for me to talk about them because I actually like them. You can't beat Boost. It's so comfortable. So basically, Adidas golf shoes, and then they're what? There's basically Adidas golf shoes, and then there's every other brand. True facts. No comparison. Adidas golf shoes every time, my guy. You can buy a pair of your local retailer or visit adidas.com and go to the golf section. Because where else do you want to go on adidas.com? You only want to go to the golf section to buy golf shoes. Also, follow adidas.com. I'm sorry. Follow Adidas Golf on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook for all the latest news and releases. Oh, big update. All right, everybody. Got to read for you here. Sun Care. All right. These two guys were golfers, and they were like, you know what? Fuck the boutique fluff. And so they went out and made some sun care for men, and they called it something cool. They used a play on words. I don't even know. Is S-O-N-N-E? That's the name of the brand. Is that like French? Is that French or something? in So I just want to tell you guys about this. This is what I'm supposed to tell you, right? I'm reading this like I'm saying it. So I want to tell you guys about this awesome new product that I just started using. I literally wear it every time I'm on the golf course. That's actually true. I keep it in my golf bag. The product is actually, the form factor is pretty cool. Have you guys seen it? It's actually pretty chill. It's like, it looks like, um, kind of looks like you got, like, it looks like the bottle that holds the pills that I give Snowball, <laughs> you know? And it's just white and clean, and you just go quick, 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 and you squirt the top, and it's not going to, like, squirt out all over you, shite. Anyway, I wear it all the time. It's called Sun Men's Skin Care, and it's the only thing I trust to protect my skin from the sun uh, other than umbrellas and or my house. Sun was started by guys who were sick of making the choice between drugstore men's care products and the expensive boutique shit. It's a doctor-developed skin care for men that is developed, developed, delivered uh, straight to your door. Um, all right. What's great about it is that it's made in the USA. That's very true. And it's uh, sun care. Sun damage is the number one cause of aging skin. And I've yet to find a product that stands up to UV rays better than sun's enriched SPF. You know what the truth is? I actually snowballs white, as you right know. And I've been giving. I put it on snowball, and he looks great. He he looks kind of like Michael Jackson, but his hair gets a little greasy. But you know, the... <laughs> what color would he be if you shaved him down? <laughs> like pink. Snowball would be like pink and brown. Very sensitive. What's that? He would look like me. No, no, he has like snowball. Come here. Come here, buddy. We're gonna just do a little. We're gonna do a little investigative journalism here. Get the sun care out. Let's see. All right. So, if we look at his belly, if you look at his belly, it's like pink and brown. Hi, bud. Why are dogs' bellies bare? Everywhere else has got hair, whereas men. Human men, we have hair on our bellies and no, well, I saw on my back, but, you know, look at this little guy. How tender is he these days, Literally, right? Literally, he has zero skin showing. Yeah. The sun cannot <laughs> penetrate his fur Snowball. But you know what? Snowball really starts panting a lot in the sun, you know? He might need one of those little, like, one of those little fans with the mist in it. Anyway, go check out Sunscare. Don't get the wrinkles and redness, guys. Instead, use one of Suncare's uh Two products. They've got one in the morning and one at night. Instead of having 300 products like those other assholes. Why do you got to make it confusing, guys? And the great thing about Suncare is it goes straight to your door. That's not confusing, especially if you have a door. That's one of the main uh, barriers to entry for Suncare <laughs> is you have to have a door. <laughs> you can't get past that door. Where's the laugh track? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. All right, go to suncare.com slash Eric, S-O-N-N-E-C-A-R-E.com slash E-R-I-K. Use my name at checkout and try Suncare for $15 off. My name is Eric with a K. All right, everybody. Later. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. What um, I remember the first time I ever saw you hit a ball in person. It was the current... Are you going to organize that? You just take, we, we lost the cards. Um, the, uh, the, it was the... He's um, going to sift through all those bad questions that were on top there and go to some good ones. The current seventh hole at Eastlake. Seventh hole. So current was, seventh at the time, hole, it was on the back nine. 16. At the time, it was on the front nine. No, the original seventh hole at Eastlake, right after the par three. Okay. So it's now the back nine. But when I, when I was there, when you and I were there, you yeah. didn't know I was there. Uh, it, was, it, was the, uh, it was the front the, nine then. The Island Green Hall. Yeah, right after that, though. Okay. That's the uphill par four. Yeah. I remember, and it, and it was like on a Wednesday or something, and no one was there. And I remember you, I saw Adam Scott hit a ball, and then I went for a walk, and I didn't know who Adam Scott was. And then I had only been playing golf for a few months. Why were you, at, why were you there? Uh, my brother was the one who got me into golf, and he was like, hey, I got two tickets for the Tour Championship on Wednesday or Thursday. Do you want to go? And I was like... Yeah, of course, you know. And then I remember what you were, it's like the, the, the seventh tee box, or now as it is, it's yeah, the, the 15th, 16th. Yeah, the 16th. It's like, it's like from a spectator's perspective, you're like a little bit above me, you know. And I remember you were up there, and it was when you were wearing the green glove. You don't wear that anymore. I still, I wear a green glove on Thursdays. Thir- okay, so it must yeah. have been Thursday, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you had the green yeah. glove. And I remember um, you were the first person who I had heard hit a golf ball. Really? And you hit a three-wood. And I remember, like, I was just like, I heard the ball, and I was like, whoa, what did he do to that ball? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So that was me fanning yeah. out for a second. That was cool. You got a question, Colt? Let's see. All right, here we go. Coming from JT Comfy, what is your pre-shot routine thoughts? Ooh, this is a good question. And then he follows up with, like, what is going through your head before you step up to the ball? Uh, not much. Usually, if you're playing good, I don't have a ton of thoughts going through the head. Uh, pre-shot routine is uh, just visualize the golf shot that you want to hit. Uh, I start behind it. I, I guess I do. I mean, I don't do anything consciously, but I do. I mean, me as a human, I do the same thing over and over, but I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. I've never. Meaning like you tap the club. You... Yeah, I do stuff the same because I've, people have pointed it out to me, but I've ne- I never like this is what there's no one that ever sat down and goes, this is what you have to do in your pre-shot routine. Right. Only the only person that's ever pretty much a sports psychologist, anybody that talks about pre-shot routine is that you shouldn't be thinking about anything once you're over the ball. Yes. You do, you do all your thinking behind the ball or somewhere else, practice swings and all. If you have a swing key, you do that there, and then you get over the ball and you go. And you're just thinking image. Or you I'm image. I'm visual, yeah. Yeah, same. So uh, that's not a ton of help there besides... No. Besides, I, I know from experience... The less you think, the better it is. There's no, there's no, there's no question there. Obviously, you want to, you want to work on things in the range and all that stuff. And, but, like putting, I'll get sometimes ideas going through my head, and I putt like crap. Right. It's usually when that clear and just see the line, you do better. Right. That's why, that's why I think I putt good at Augusta because a lot of breaks and you can't like, oh, I've got to do this and that. You got to see everything. You got to visualize all the putts. You. So that's why I think I play better at Augusta than most because I. 
I can get that free state of mind of visualization. It's not like, oh, you got to hit this perfect right edge. You got to play that outside of this speed and do this. You got to be a, an artist on the greens. Right. And do you have like, um, when you read your putts, there's even multiple ways of being visual with that, right? I've mm-hmm. heard uh, draw the line from the hole that it enters in and then draw it back to the ball. I've heard don't even read the putt as far as cups out. Like, how do you uh, tell yourself what a putt is? Uh, I, I do the best, and when I when I putt the best, I I can I call it the snail trail. I can see a snail trail of what the ball's going to do. Sick. That's that's when I put my best. So you're not even talking with Brett about cups or anything like that. Yeah, you you can. Uh, we do on the flatter greens, and so we're on the same page. But I still, when I'm putting good, I still even if it's cups and that visualize. I usually have like a halfway point where I want to see the ball going around or over or something like that. Right. So, yeah. You translate it into the snail trail. Try to. That's when I I just know when I put my best is you like and you just see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is because it's like you're just putting it on a track at that exactly. point. You're not like wishing it in the hole or trying to hit a spot. Yeah. What um, you know, you 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 posted photos. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. But the uh, the device, the device, the device. What device? The uh, the neuroscience. Oh yeah yeah. What's yeah. up? What's up with this? It's awesome. You're still using it? Yeah. Okay, so everyone, pull over, turn the volume up. If you want to learn how to get better at golf. Anything actually. Don't. This is this is not just golf. It's it's called Halo Neuroscience. Uh, it's actually so broad, they're having trouble focusing on what they actually want to focus on. Uh, the irony, because it teaches you how to focus, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. That well, it can help you play the guitar. It can really, help, yeah. It, it just you're, can it help you uh, with your first question at a podcast? <laughs> you, you would have been way more focused and into it. No, <laughs> uh, it, it does. I mean, it. it what is it? What it, the fuck it, is this thing? It, it's it's very big. It's it looks like Bose headphones, right? Uh, you can play music through them. They are not noise canceling. Uh, but actually, on the top top area of the band, the headband part, uh, there's little spongy little things that send uh, electric waves of some sort that stimulate the brain. Okay. The, the neur- neurons in your brain. Okay. And so I, I'm not doing this justice at all as a, as a spokesperson for Halo Neuroscience. Are you are a spokesperson for them? Now. Okay. But I originally You're like, got this off, second. <laughs> I used to, or I was turned on by somebody, and I tried it, and I was using it, and then they approached me to do oh, cool. uh, some work with them. But uh, you know what? It is, it, you have the neurons that whatever send messages to do something, and it, it, it stimulates the ones that help you learn. Really? And, yeah. So... Um, like if you put the focus band on and whatever, they actually develop something like that. They actually can show you in your brain where you're stimulated and not stimulated and what you're doing. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It, the first time I did it, Brett's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, watch this. Yeah, I can I'll, see Brett not no, being into yeah, that. So I go, watch this. this is, I not only did this at home, this, I've done it once or twice, or this is prior when I was talking to him. I go, watch this. I will do my normal warm-up. That I normally do, and we'll do track me and just watch and see numbers. And, and then I, I go, let's go do the same warm up again, and I'll do it with the Halo Neuroscience. And with driver, I picked up about two or three miles an hour with, with swing speed. With, with changing zero. Changing zero. Just your neurons, your body firing faster, your message you send to it is more clear and more efficient. And you're, so you went from like what, 14 to 17? Yeah, but it doesn't, it, the, the stimulation only lasts for like an hour. 
So really? it's so it's for training. So obviously, the more you train the fascia swing, then it's going to carry over. But it doesn't like you can't carry it through all day long. Right. So where I've seen so you're really good on the front nine. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> then I just hit it really far on the front nine. No. Uh, so it just gets you focused. Uh, I like to use it like even like a gym workout or something like that. You can people have seen big effects and with being able to bench press more or do it and just stuff like that. Just it, it works in all different areas. Right. So it's, I, I like using the gym and then, then go on the golf course afterwards. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I want to try that. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, sounds like it. Yeah. If you, uh, all right, let's see. We got another one here from Jamie Lewis. Uh, I would like to know one, how old were you when you thought you could play golf for a living? And two, did you always dream of being a golfer? If not, what did you dream of doing? Now, the truth is if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the vlog, you will get some of that answer in the kitchen before we started the vlog, before we started the podcast. So check that out if you want. Uh, but but for the podcast listeners, Charlie, the answer. Uh, when I was 16, I qualified an amateur qualifier for the, at the time, Buick Invitational. And that's when I sort of knew golf is what I want to do. I that was at the time the Farmers? No. It was it Buick was, Invitational. Was, was it, in, it was in San Diego, though. San Diego. It wasn't which is, in Florida. It is the Farmers. It currently. It, it, the tournament at Torrey Pines. Then South became course. the Farmers. Yeah, so it was originally like Shurston, Lehman, Hutton. Then it went to Buick, and then went to Farmers. Sick. So uh, turnover and sponsorship, but that's a different story. But uh, no, it, it, you know, I grew up playing soccer, baseball, uh, going to the beach, doing everything any San Diego, California kid did. And golf was just the one that challenged me the most. And then obviously I was fairly good. I don't think I knew I was that good, but I qualified when I was 16 to play in the Buick Invitational, now the Farmers, and uh, just warming up on the range and seeing those guys that I've idolized. Uh, that's when I sort of know I'm like, this is this is what I want to do. This is this is fun. The competition, the the uh, intensity of what they're doing. I mean, it was it was awesome. So paint me a picture of you at 16. What is what is Charlie Hoffman at 16? Scrawny, skinny, kid, athletic, uh, feisty. Uh, I, I was short and skinny. I mean, I, I put on, I would say, some muscle during the college time and started working out, but uh, it's, I was definitely a scrawny little kid, 16-year-old, no question. And uh, what, what were you doing? So you weren't, like, devoting all your time to practicing golf. What, what were you, like, were you partying? Were you out, like, at the beach, bonfires? Were you, like, dry, were you in, like, point break, like, standing up in the back of a pickup truck? No, I mean... Uh, For some reason, I just see you doing that. Like, no. I see you with the long hair as a kid, just, like, with, like, firing shotguns in the woods. <laughs> no, didn't didn't do... wasn't too crazy as a kid. I mean, I, in high school, when probably college time, I enjoyed going down to Mexico and TJ in a different time period, which Blast. was fun. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I was, I was a fairly good kid. I mean, didn't get into too much trouble. If you could see the way he's smiling at me right now, <laughs> there's something behind it. <laughs> I thought I was a good kid. Right. I know I wasn't, but, you know. <laughs> um, so, so that, in that moment, again, so if you, if you want to hear more about uh, Charlie uh, as an amateur qualifying for a PGA Tour event and essentially solidifying his dreams of becoming a PGA Tour player, check out the vlog. It's on my YouTube channel, we dig into that. Here's a uh, contentious question. I don't even know if we can. I don't know if we can ask this. When's the match between you and John Mallinger going to take place? Oh, that that takes place all the time. It's not much of a match usually, though. No, he said John <laughs> says he's not. You're not ready for that. <laughs> John, uh, 
John's actually a really good player. Yeah. And people that don't know John Mallinger, he played on tour for probably five years and uh, was one, one of the original investors into uh, not Adidas, but Travis Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. Uh, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Hey, this is, uh, we do ads, but this is not, it's not like that. But no. anyway, so you and John are friends and you guys. John and I are friends. He grew up in Escondido and I grew up in Poway just down the road. Uh, he was four years younger than me and we didn't play a ton of golf together until really professional ranks and uh, obviously still remain friends. And uh, he beats me probably more than I beat him when we go out and play. But I always tell him when I come out and play that he's now, I wouldn't say he's still professional, but uh, not playing uh, on tour or anything, I, I think he treats us going out and playing like a major championship, and I and I, I treat it like hit and giggle. So he usually beats me. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of the match play, you know, we were we were just in Scotland, and you know, it's funny because the general vibe of golf over there is not um, what you shoot, right? It's it's you want to have a match? Let's play. What's your handicap? Mm-hmm. Six, five. Okay, great. I'll give you a stroke. Um, do you? You know, in your experience, what do you do? You have a preference? Like, I mean, you don't. We don't play match play a lot over here, but um, when you do, do you do you prefer it? What do you think? I mean, I think everybody at the country club level plays match play from their matches and NASA of some sort. So I, I think we play it, but I don't think we play it like a Ryder Cup style. I mean, where there's only one match and you lose that match, you you lose. So right. presses and all that stuff. So you can actually country club match play you can lose your original match but still make money if you're a good if you're a good gambler right you know how to gamble so uh it's a little bit different i'd say but i it's just old traditional match plays uh it's a different animal than stroke play there's no question uh you brought up the words but any hot takes on the Ryder cup you know i, I watched a decent amount um i didn't watch a ton yeah you know what uh i think they the U.S. just got outplayed. I mean, I wouldn't say the U.S. played bad. I didn't. I think Furyk had a pretty good game plan with who he wanted to put out there, uh, and they just beat us. I mean, yeah. they. I mean, what Molinari and Fleetwood did was obviously record-breaking and unbelievable. And uh, you know what? It's it's unfortunate. I thought. I mean, being on that Presidents Cup team, I didn't think there's any way a U.S. team would ever lose any <laughs> team match ever again. I just think that young core is so good. Right. Uh, but you, you go over to Enemies Water over in Paris, and, and, they, and, they, and they played great. You're not going to get handed the Ryder Cup that, by any means. I don't think we played bad, and uh, they just played better. What, what, do you remember, um, you know, were you watching live or, or on Rewind for any of Fleetwood's highlights, and, and do you remember... Did, what your reaction was to that, like as as an American, right, and as a and as a fan of golf, obviously, and you know, I don't know. He seems to have a background that I think most people can get behind. Yeah, you know, I, it's it doesn't. I mean, as a fan of golf, it was great to see them hit great shots and make putts and get excited. I mean, I think that's what the Ryder Cup's so cool. I think people enjoy watching that, no matter who wins or loses. Just seeing how people perform under that extreme amount of pressure because like everybody said that it's played in it i have never played in the Ryder cup uh there's no bigger pressure than that you're representing your country on that stage and uh, right. you sort of see how people react and uh they they reacted really good i mean that golf course was set up Ugh. a way that i i mean i've never seen any other golf course set up really ever so it, it terrified me yeah it was it de- definitely they i mean thomas and the european tour did a great job 
giving the advantage to their guys. I mean, yeah. and you, that's you, their right. You, that is their right. I mean, you look at Molinari. I mean, he hits it straighter than anybody else in a better, in, in an amazing iron player. And if he gets hot with the putter, he's going to beat you. Right. And uh, that's what they did. And Fleetwood sort of was on the same page. Yeah. Do you do you give a shit about any of this? Like uh, like uh, he said, she said with the American team that's coming out this week. Uh, I read briefly this morning some stuff about that. I I think it's a bunch of BS. I know how close those guys are in those closed rooms and uh, how much I think the players have say into what's going on with the teams. Uh, and and I know Jim Fierg from being on tour for thirteen years. I mean he's gonna. Analyze everything and put the best team he thinks out there uh, with guys that are friends or not friends, and just have the best opportunity to win. And uh, I, I think he did a pretty good job doing that. Now, like I said, you can put the best teams out there on paper, doesn't mean you're going to win. Yeah, so, mean so I, I think that he said. I mean, I, any media, uh, you, you've got to be there and see what what the context exactly was and what I mean. I. I didn't. I don't know any of that. I mean, it's unfortunate to hear it come out, but I, being with Patrick in those team rooms, he's a he's a team player, and he he wants the U.S. to win. And I, I have a hard time seeing him say what he said in the right context or that context. I mean, you know, it's, we forget one of these things that's like, um, and I hope I'm not sounding like someone whom I don't really respect, but you know, we forget that the media is kind of there to sell a story because mm-hmm. they have ads that run under mm-hmm. it and. It's tough sometimes, especially when the media gets into like things that are, I don't know, I guess that's why I don't really discuss news on the podcast. Yeah. So let's move on. Yeah. Hey, why there don't we? Next question. I think Haslin Golf says, I think Charlie, I think it'd be awesome if Charlie did an old school West Coast. Oh, I think it's awesome. Is this confusing? Help? Are you an old school West? He's, I can't tell if he's asking you if you're into old school West Coast rap. I like, I like rap. Yeah, I yes. the walkout song for uh, um, and myself at the Zurich was Lil Tupac. Yes. California. We're and, both from California. So. I mean, it's perfect. And by the way, if you ever walked into a party that you would want that to be playing, yeah. right? Yeah. It's such a good song. It is a really good song. Um, and so I so guess... So is that considered old school rap or new school rap? I don't know. Like unfortunately confu- for everyone else, that's old school for us. Oh, okay. Just checking. For, for us, that's new school because we were young. Rap. That's just rap. We right? were young when it came out. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, they, he just wants you to talk about your choice. I mean, I think you just did, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a traditional rapist. No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm a, definitely a, a Dre, Snoop. I guess I'd put Eminem on that. Tupac, Biggie. I mean, those do, are... Do you find yeah. yourself listening to new rap on the radio and you're like, what the fuck is this? I don't listen to much rap any longer, no. Really? No. You like the old... But you listen to the old stuff? Oh, yeah. So what's going on in the car? Is it satellite? Is it uh, Spotify? Apple? You know what? Uh, no satellite. Don't do playlists on my phone because I have an Android. Not saying you can't, but <laughs> you can get Spotify <laughs> on there. I can't. I'm usually a, a local channel. Uh, lost decent amount of sports talk radio. Really? Um, and then uh, I'll kids in the car now. I, a lot of country western, to be honest with you, just because it's not a lot of. Stuff you don't want your kids to listen to. I love country and western. Yeah, I really um, do. Garth Brooks, just Brooks and Dunn, the, anything, the, just anything, just yeah. the station. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love that music. I mean, it's embarrassing. Right? Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I should be embarrassed and I am. Um, yeah, you, you evolve. I <laughs> as a person. <laughs> uh, sometimes the word is devolve. Yeah. Um, 
favorite pros to play practice rounds with? You know what uh, I mentioned earlier. I mean, it guys in this day. I mean, recently it's like a, a Chapel Kisner, uh, something like that. We we don't arrange a lot of stuff nowadays just because our schedules are so busy. It's like if someone's around, and you're uh, just always there. You yeah. just catch up on the range. I played I played a lot this last year with Xander Shoffley, another San Diego kid. Uh, Wishbone Brawl. Wishbone bringing Brawl. Bringing it back. Bringing it back again this year. That was fun. Wishbone Brawl is, uh, it was a, um, well, for you, it was a flip-flop event. Yes. Uh, Persimmon Woods off yeah. the tees. Goat Hill Park. It was, uh, was it, who was who was against each other? It was you, Dean, Xander, Xander and, and Chris Riley. And Chris Riley. Ryder Cupper. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to go on again. I'm excited for that. Yeah. On Thanksgiving, Saturday. Same same date, as far as I know. I was talking with John Ashworth. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go see him right now. Should yeah. we have Chapel come over to Goat Hill? We should have. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. We should. I noticed you put that in the past tense. You should have. That's the way you decline an invitation. <laughs> well, when you haven't picked up a golf club in, in a while. <laughs> Going out to the Goat might be a bad place. Yeah. The Goat is like a sneaky hard track. It's not sneaky hard. It's hard. It's just hard. It's hard. <laughs> it is, it's, it's nothing sneaky about it. Like, I don't understand. Like, Dean is over there every day. Oh, yeah. And, like, do you think that's helping his golf game? I don't think he cares. I think he just enjoys the vibe. That's why Goat Hill's so cool. It just has a great vibe, and you can go and hang out, and anybody can play it, and anybody can get screwed by the bad bounces, and it's in great shape, and it just it's all about vibe. I think that's funny. Like you are talking about your Scotland trip. It's not what golf course you play with. It's like the people around you when you're playing that golf course is the most important thing. I mean, I think right there, that's, that's, that's like, uh, that's it. Yeah. You know, and I struggle to say that. I struggle to like wrap my head around it, right? You've played a lot of golf. You yeah. can say that, right, with more confidence. I think I'm learning that. Yeah, but if you go and play, if you got an invite to go play Augusta National, obviously you're going to be stoked to play Augusta National. But if you play with a, some, someone or someone you don't like, it's not, it's not going to be that enjoyable. It really isn't. No, and I think one of the things that's interesting is we confuse what course is your favorite and we confuse with what experience was your favorite. Yeah. And I really try to see all of them as one. So, like, when you talked about Pebble and it having, uh, you know, uh, elements of the place that aren't necessarily about the grass and the yeah. design being valuable to you, well, I see the same thing. It's like, I don't really care if a course is public or private. I just want everyone to be nice. Yeah. And the course needs to be stunning, and it obviously has to, you know, greens, whatever. But the experience is, I think, 60%, right? The, the people you yeah. play with. And even how you play. Do yeah. you find that, too? Yeah. I mean, if I'm recreationally playing, I don't care that much how I play but it's more about having fun with the group you're playing with and having a little match and talking a little crap and having fun that's mine fun right Kevin Chapel? no not yet <laughs> he's probably mad at me because I didn't want to play golf with him today dude little does he know he's like uh, his podcast was great we had a really good time um, okay Jack Lenz big fan Couple questions. What is your favorite club in the bag? I already asked you that. It's driver. Uh, has that always been your favorite? I didn't ask that. Uh, I'm surprised it's not like a seven iron. Why? I don't know. I just feel this, like this I year, always see this you year just was hit. six iron with a hole in one on sixteen. Would, okay, it was a six. It was six. You hit a six on sixteen. What was it? One seventy five? One seventy two? No, it was. I think it was closer to one eighty something. I don't, okay. I don't say. And so, what are you doing? You're, you're backing off a six, right? Uh, yeah, well, you got that backstop back there that you can use. Right. So you, yeah. So, but Sick. I, but I, I pulled, I pulled it and didn't use that backstop. But that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! As your, I, I didn't obviously. Has your swing always been a similar profile to what it is now? I'd say yes. 
I mean, I, but I've never been a, a swing like you're not a swing guy analyst or anything at all. It's funny because you, Chapel, Finau, yeah. all kind of are uh, right. I mean, am I crazy? Like you guys all sort of have a similarly uh, shaped backswing that's kind of I don't know what you call it, abbreviated, but it's yeah, not compact. Compact is yeah, it? Is like the that. way to say it? Yeah. I'd say compact swing. I mean, I, I think there's so many variables in the golf swing to flexibility, strength, so on and so forth, that you sort of mold your own. That's why if you go to an instructor that can only teaches one way, yeah, you should go the other way because that's not good for somebody. I mean, because body types are more key than the golf swing because you got to know if, what your body can do and rotate and release and all that stuff that's people think about club position, which is sort of irrelevant if your body can't get that club in the club position you need to be so you may not be it like you, you just, i think you just said you're not like technical swing guy but do you have a favorite part of your own golf swing uh, i mean i i think the repetition of i mean i think i can my golf swing can repeat on a pretty regular basis that's why i've been doing what i'm doing i, I don't think there's a, like a fate i look at it and go this that's my favorite part but right uh like I said, swinging the clubs always come fairly easy to me. Statistically, the chipping and putting aren't that easy, but maybe because I try too hard. Maybe Interesting. I think, yeah. I mean, if you break it down. Right. Yeah. And, and the closer to the hole you get, the fucking harder it gets. It's always harder. Yeah. For me. My favorite part of your swing, since you asked, yeah. is I, I, uh, I just love how you put your fucking body into it. You know what I mean? Like, especially yeah. on the left side. I don't want to start. I feel like I'm going to... Do you have a swing coach right now? Because I'm not it. <laughs> <You're>, you <laughs> know what? I, I work with, speaking of body in which I've learned, Greg Rose at TPI, which developed TPI, Titleist Performance, Titleist Performance Institute, uh, down here in San Diego, Oceanside. Uh, he, he believes in biomechanics and so on and so forth. So when I'm swinging bad, it's usually not because I'm swinging bad. It's because it's something in my body's not moving right. Right. So... And it could be totally far away from the club head or the shaft. It could be a, a, an ankle issue. It could be a, an arm issue. It's insane. It, so you're going to manipulate. Uh, then you also then you create habits that are bad. But uh, So I think, I, I mean, if I was going to tell someone to do instruction, I would say make sure you go to somebody that can analyze your body and what your body does right. under certain situations and so on and so forth. So I think it's just as important to analyze your body as it is your golf swing. Right. Yeah. Which are hand in hand. I've wanted to go to a place like that. You went to, um, you know, talk about your putting stroke. That's evolved a lot yep. recently. And um, I met up with those guys, yep. um, Blast Motion. Yes. And I remember uh, I was on a, pr- a putting green, like a practice green, and they got me into some crazy positions. Yeah. Uh, and I had a great day putting. Yeah. I had like, I think I sank, I think I had three putts in a row. Yeah. And one of them was like 90 feet. Like, you just like, told me you never made a long putt in your whole entire life. Well, this now was you, one day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm okay at putting, but it's, it's my worst part of my game right yeah. now. But I'm also in between putters, and I'm in between putting strokes. Like, I'm just, I'm You're literally schizophrenic. Yeah, I'm thinking of very much. Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about your putting stroke yeah. and, and how it's evolved. Can you talk a little bit? Because that includes biomechanics as well. Well, when I first went and started with the blast sensor, which is on baseball bats, you, I mean, you can put it on your body anyways. It's a, a great device that measures... Uh, you can measure swing speed and all that stuff with your clubs and putting stroke, but this also has a rhythm and uh, it measures. And I, I started on a totally weird metam. Uh, my original short king instructor will go back and James Seekman's like, I think this might benefit you, this blast motion sensor. And then, uh, and then I started using it. I didn't really have a clue what I was doing with it because it was pretty complex. So I 
ditched it. And then it's I, very complex. Yeah, very complex. It's a sensor that goes in the shaft, yeah. and there's an app, and it, yeah. and it registers. So I sort of like, well, not for me, too right. complex. And then I it was met, like an iPhone. Yeah. You then I met it. the guy that developed it, and pretty much he was a complete opposite. He was like trying to make everything so simple, but you, when you create products, you want to have a lot of information because there's people that maybe like you that and really like the information or a person like me that doesn't really want to know all the information. You just want to know the, sort of the facts. Right. So he was able to dumb it down for me. And uh, it, when it's said and done, he thought he thinks, or I, and I think, and people believe that rhythm has to do with setup and being athletic and being in the right positions to give your body the best chance to repeat itself. Right. So pretty much if you get in the same stance every time, you're going to repeat the stroke more, more consistently. Unlike what you just said, you got a different stroke every time you go out. How yeah. are you going to ever repeat that? No. And it's, that, that's hard. So I, I, I try to repeat myself more often by getting in the most, most athletic position I can with the putter. Which means basically your legs are wider, you're bent over more, your putter's shorter. Am I right? Yeah, you just get in a, whatever. There's, there's science behind where, where you're actually the most stable. Yeah. Uh, in the, any golf swing putting stroke, so on and so forth. So you're going to get those dimensions correct and they've have the science behind it and you want to be in that to get le the least amount of movement in your putting stroke. Now, some people can stand narrow and not move. You look at a Ricky Fowler, the guy's rock solid in his narrow stance. But, he really is, yeah. But his, everything's really solid. Now, could you argue if his stance was a little wider, would he even be more solid? Maybe. Right. But he does repeat himself every time. He doesn't change that too much or really ever. Right. But repetition is the most important thing, keeping that rhythm the same every time. But they're, they're, they just believe if they get you in the most athletic position, you're going to repeat yourself more than something else. I've heard stories every once in a while about uh, two tour players like in a, on a practice screen or on the range, and one gives another a tip. All the time. That, that first of all, that blows me away because like, you're playing against each other. Yeah. Right when you when you back up from it, and that's actually a really generous and wonderful thing. Second of all, that blows me away because it's just like that's so fucking cool. Yeah, you, I mean, reality is we're not playing against another golfer. We're playing against the golf course. That golfer has no say on how I play. I want to shoot the best score I can against the golf course. Now, if I can help a buddy out because I see him, that's just what we do. I mean, it, what if he makes five birdies in a row? It doesn't affect if I only birdie three of them. He just birdie more than me. Right. Now, at the end of the day, obviously, you want to shoot the lowest score, but there's no, I don't think there's any, a ton of gamesmanship on a week in no. a week out basis on the PGA Tour. Now, your Ryder Cup's a different story. There may, <laughs> may be a little more strategy there, but that, I mean, that's a different animal. When, uh, have, you, have you gotten any tips on the range that have worked? Uh, you know what, I, I think guys are, where I've picked people's brains is on the golf course, like playing practice rounds, what do you think about this hole, what do you do here, strategy, that course way. management. Yeah, course management-wise, where I've picked people's brains more than golf swing-wise. Right. I'm sure I've asked a few people around the putting green about chipping or putting or do something like that, but right. I, on, on the range itself, not, not too much. Because on a Thursday, you are not allowed to ask questions about course management, correct? Mm, to your playing partner? Yeah, I guess that would be, I guess... That would be like obtaining information. Yeah, so no would be the answer. Because you're but not on, thir on Thursday, I probably wouldn't help anybody with their, <laughs> with their strategy. It's a little late. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't ask them what club they hit. That is correct. I mean, technically, but... It, that, but people do it? I mean, yes. Every club signaled or you look in their bag. Yeah. Every club signaled uh, by the caddy to the TV? Yeah. 
How does that work? Because I haven't really seen that actually, despite my, I've, I've been on the tee. Yeah. The caddy just it's, literally looks at the reporter. Yeah, he just you know, he goes like one to six iron. Whoa. Five. Five is a what? A five. five. Iron? Okay, right. Four is a nine. Three is an eight. Two is a seven. And that's it. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then it's just pitching. It, I mean, and then you, the, and then if you, what's it a pitching wedge? Pitching wedge is a fist. Fist. And then I guess you, if the different degrees, lob wedges like L? fifty-five or something like that. Oh, or okay. Fifty-six. Sick. That's I'm loving the singles. Yeah. Um, doesn't really work on a podcast so very well, does it? Well, I mean, no. Hopefully they're watching. I don't know. <laughs> um, any questions for me while I look at some more questions for you? We've been we're we're getting up there in minutes. We're gonna need yeah. to shut this down really quick. Yeah. What is your most treasured possession? Oh man, that's a that actually might. I mean, probably this house that we're. I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful house. Yeah. It's uh, definitely worth the most, probably. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> so treasure possession, I don't know if it's always got to be worth the most. Uh, but it is, it's, it's like your home. It's my home. I and, think that that's the most important thing. We're sitting at the table where your kids, you know, I don't know what, what, what Throw was, fits, what was the, what was your life like growing up? Like, did you ever think you'd be in a house? Like, this is a nice no, house, dude. No, I didn't think I'd ever be anything this nice. No, what no. did life look like for you at 41 when you were 15? Or, I mean, you didn't get that far, but no. 20? 25? Just wanted to, I mean, I guess when when I was 15 to 25, I mean, I, I enjoyed being outside. I mean, I don't know, like, obviously, houses weren't on the top of your mind when you're 15 years old. You don't really, you're not thinking that far ahead. I mean, I guess I'm not a deep thinker of what I was going to do. I was worried about where my next baseball game was going to be. Or <laughs> what, what am I going to go practice on the chipping green or something like that? I don't yeah, I guess yeah. I guess maybe it's more of a reality when you're our age. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you've made it, and I haven't. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Going going golfing in Scotland with six buddies and making money maybe is pretty good. We we have a joke in the office that says, "I'm rich. I just don't have any money." Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. What? Oh, on what occasion do you lie? I don't ever lie. I might, unless you ask the right question, I might not tell you everything I know. Is that a lie? Oh, even if you totally know. I totally know. And if you don't ask the question the right way, I might not lead you to the water. What kind of question are we talking about? I don't know. But I don't think... a question about when you lie? Exactly. (laughs) So so I can't say I've ever lied. Right. I've never been the guy that's like totally told someone this to go that way. Right. But if you ask me the question, I'll tell you the answer. Right. But if you don't ask it specifically the right way. I feel like I'm getting a clue into this in actual interview itself, which yeah. is kind of making my head crack. <laughs> <laughs> so you better ask some good questions to get the good I'm knowledge. Tr- I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, uh, and, you're, and, you're, and your followers aren't doing it. No. That, well, now they're done. We, I think, <laughs> were there any more? I think we're done. Um, what, what historical figure, non-golfer, do you most identify with? Historical figure, non-golfer. I. This is a tough one because I never answered this one. Now, you gotta, you know, now you're making me think. An unanswered question. Historical figure. Tune in next week, folks. Yeah, this, this, could be, this could be a tough one. Especially because I'm not a huge historian, so I don't have... Well, it doesn't need to be old. But did, I mean, I don't know if you've ever sort of gone through your life and been like, I admire that. Or like, I have something about that person 
gosh, I don't think I ever really thought about this before. I mean, I, I mean, the only thing that's come in my head are my parents. I mean, those, they are the people that raised you to who you are, right? I mean, are they historical figures? No, but they're my parents, and I wouldn't be who I am without them. Right. Definitely had the most influence over me. Do you, uh, how often do you, so they live right near you. Yeah, they live down the road. Do you, when you're on the road, do you check in with them? Or, I mean, because they've not got your kids at the I, time, maybe? I, I'm or? not a huge get on the phone. Me neither. Call people and check in, but. You're a very that, brief texter. That's good. Very, it's, very, very brief. incredibly text. brief. Yeah, I, I'm very good I'm at I'm like, that. well, he proved that he read the text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but my parents will come out to a handful of events a year, and I'll see them, and when I'm home, they'll come over randomly and help me out with the house here and there and that's cool so we, we see each other a lot do you have a motto I feel like you might have a motto jeez work hard that's I mean, it okay got it yeah. got it yeah, I mean I, <laughs> I thought I was like work hard and then I was waiting for like yeah, I, don't I mean know. I, I believe you, you get what you put into things I mean, right I like I like working hard I mean peace of mind when you work hard too because you believe that you outwork people and more efficient than people on the golf course, at least, and everything. I believe in hard work, too. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, as well, I would imagine you probably enjoy the work. Yeah, I mean, well, what I've learned through the year, just because you're on the range for six hours doesn't mean you're working hard. So working hard could be going to the range and being efficient in everything you've done, going through your processes, and then you can go relax, and then you can go do something else. Yeah. Uh, so efficiently working hard. Was there ever a bad habit that you had to sort of get out of on tour or like during practice rounds or something like that? Oh, I think early when you don't have the family with you, you feel that hanging around the golf course all day long is going to make you better. But in practice, like so-and-so, but the reality is you need to find your path that works best for you and working on short game or working on driver or being on the golf course and figure out what works best for you. Right. Um, all right. What do you most dislike? Last question, and then if you have one for me, go ahead. What do you, <laughs> what, what do you most dislike? Slow play. <laughs> oh my God! Do you remember how long the pro am was with it's, waste management? Yes, it was like six thirty. Yes, we made the turn in three hours so and twenty bad. minutes. Um, do you know who you're playing with this year yet? In Phoenix? Yeah. No, you don't care. You'll no. find out soon. I don't, I usually don't find out until Wednesday when I. Tee off on the on the on the hole, gangster. I don't. I mean, we you don't never check. We don't. Well, we don't. Well, the the, the parents Doesn't don't. Matter. Parents don't come out until like Tuesday night at the parent party. So right, it's clearly I'm believe, a noob. Believe me, I'm not looking at my phone to see what that draw was and see it, who I'm playing with. But I've could, had some great. It could be with me. I don't know. I'm just saying. You, I, you I actually asked. got invited back. Uh, technically, no. Uh, <laughs> can't say that I have yet. Uh, no, I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Obviously, it's. Uh, you it know, sounds like just, me. Just, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be there too. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing either. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, what, uh, you must have an incredible pro-am story that you, that you look at and you, and you enjoy. You know, I've, I mean, I'm extremely lucky. I mean, off the top of my head, I just, just the people I played with, the CEOs of companies, the athletes, the entertainers, the, uh, I mean, he pointed you, at me in yeah. case you couldn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the list goes on. I mean, Great people week in and week out. And I'm not saying all great golfers by any means, but no. good good people. It's and not I, about that. No, it's, it's not. And uh, I've been very lucky uh, to meet a lot of good people, like I, like I said earlier. And I don't keep in touch totally with all of them, but every once in a while you get guys that you played 10 years ago within a pro-am and in San Diego, and you go play golf with them again. 
I mean, that what other, what other sport? What other, I mean, business? Do you really do that in? No, it's not that frequent, and it's pretty cool. So I think um, since since I may not play in the pro am this year, and you definitely are, <laughs> um, I guess I I would like to hear you talk a little bit about the 16th at Scottsdale, the loudest hole in, in golf, because you know for me experiencing that was like um, t- uh, terrifying. But also really, it was also one of the most alive moments of my entire life. Yeah. And it was cool to share that with you and be yeah. there. And like, uh, you know, and going through the photos, it was really cool to see like that, like uh, you were excited for me, you yeah. know, and like, and it was just you and me there, like yeah. on the green. And I don't know, dude, that was just like, uh, that was like all time it, for me. I mean, 16 is like no other animal. I mean, How do you even describe it to people? You can't. You've got to, you, first you've got to go there and go, wow, that would be cool. And then if you have the opportunity to go play the Pro-Am, it's really cool. And then you just imagine during a tournament under extreme pressure. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty intense. You can't mimic it really any, any other place. I mean, it's only 16 at TBC Scottsdale. Because the, 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 um, the Pro-Am is a mess. The, the, the T-Box has like 5,000 people on just the T-Box. Yeah. But the tournament, it's like you're alone. Yes. Right. Does it almost feel bigger then because there's so much space between you and the people and the crowd? Yeah. Well, I've always said I think I'd rather have the music and everything going on <laughs> because then you you get you don't hear the jackasses yelling shh and be quiet because they just make noise to make noise. I'd rather have the constant of noise on that 16th hole in Phoenix. But it you get your adrenaline going every time, and even even for me, so it's it, it plays shorter for me. It's a it's really a nothing hole. It's a hundred and 30-yard hole to 150-yard hole. I mean, it's not not like a, a demanding golf hole, but... Yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a pop-up green. Yeah. I mean, okay. you don't you don't want to be... That doesn't look like a fun chip. Yeah, but you should be able to hit that green with a reality 9-iron, 8-iron virtually every time. Were you... Uh, were you, So you hit the green, and then and then we all teed off. You yeah. teed off from the back tees, and then yeah. we all teed off. So I, I, teed off I, was, from the, I teed off from the pro tees, and you... About ladies' tees? Were you guys, did you guys play from there? I don't know. I think... <laughs> I think... I just I just did what they told me to do. <laughs> I was given a number and I hit it. But did you think? Did you? Were you like? Because we had played together the whole day, yeah. and I think I had hit some good shots and some bad shots. But yeah. were you like? Were you? Were you? Were you like? Is it? Because I was probably. Well, it was tough. Also, you were getting ribbed by Kelly James pretty es- hard, especially ribbed by yeah. Kelly. Yeah, he was literally like. I think someone paid him to fuck with me. Yeah, he, extra. They did, but he's very good at that. He is. Yeah. Um. He, and then, uh, but did you, were you surprised that I hit the green or did you, did you have a, th- were you, did you think about it at all? I didn't or you have a did, thought. You didn't care? But I, I was excited. I wouldn't say surprised. I was excited you hit the green. Yeah, that was fun. And then we basically had the same putt. Yeah. Um, neither one of us made it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the coolest thing I learned that day was um, your, your ability to read greens is just yeah. astounding. Right. I mean, that's what I do for a living, right? I mean, it's your job. But I mean, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you really see like, cause I mean. You know, I don't know. We could hit similar shots yeah. or whatever. Like, I obviously don't have the same swing mechanics yeah. or the ability to hit the sweet spot repetitively or yeah. whatever it is. But the the green reading was mind-boggling. Because yeah. with you, I felt like I was a much better putter. Well, yeah. Green reading is an art. Yeah. No question. Uh, there's a lot of variables in making a putt and reading the green correctly is one of them. Hitting the right speed and hitting it solid. But uh, that's, what I, that's where I feel I can help the amateurs most because they don't have a clue how to read a green. So if I give them a a spot to putt to or a vision to roll a ball around or something like that. It, it helps them immensely and they make more putts yeah. because of it. There's no question. Okay. Now my last question. All right. Um, 
I feel like there's a, probably a lot of options for this, so I'll just throw a few out. Okay. Most memorable golf shot for you, right? Is it like hole-in-one at Augusta? Is it like uh, the putt in Texas? Is it like, did something happen at Classic Club? Uh, you know, that was your first win on tour, right? Yep. Um, or is it like, you know, first tee shot at that Buick or something? Is there, is there some shot that for you was just stands out? Uh, you know what? Uh, all of them are sort of like clumping it all together right now. I mean, I think, geez, I mean, there's a progression in my career. I mean, it goes from going through the web web and finishing the top 20 at the time. And on that last day was able to finish off and get your tour card, which is a huge step. And then huge. you go, and then you go to, what did you shoot on the back nine that day? I have, I have no idea, but I just know it was good enough. It was good. Yeah. But I mean, it, and then there's the first tour win, which is amazing at the classic club, which making an Eagle, uh, all right. You eagled 18, Yeah, eagled 18 to get, how long was the putt? Like probably 12 feet, 12, 15 feet. It's not a short hole. No. Was it, uh, where downwind. was the wind? Was downwind. downwind. Yeah, it was big. Downwind. That's a long yeah. hole with water, right? The whole way. Yeah. So there's that. And then you go to, uh, the win in Deutsche Bank, which is arguably the biggest win in a playoff event. And, and Hang everything. On, can, can, I got to go back to classic club. Cause yeah. I'm just thinking about yeah. this in my head and I'm yeah. like, bro, how old are you at the time? Jeez. I was about like 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. So 13, 20, you're in the middle of fairway and you are, you not with Brett at the time. Who are you with? No, Miguel. Right. So you're with some guy named Miguel. I yeah. Know. And are you like, I'm going for it. And he's like, oh no, my God. It, was, it was so downwind that, that, that day uh, it was like a five iron. It, I wanted to say for some reason I hadn't like an eight iron in there. It was, Dang. It, was, it was like blowing like 30 or 40 that day. Okay. Look back at the video. I'm thinking this is like, um, it's not a like firestone status where you're, where you were recorded. No. What do you it, think of that moment? Like, do you, do you, were you like, uh, I didn't want people to hear that or no, that's, that's, I mean, the reality that goes on more often than not, I'd say, I mean, between caddy and player. Now, are you always in contention of a golf tournament and then they catch it on bit or on tape is no. So I think it was cool. I mean, it, it's, it's what we talk about, and that's why people, I think, related to it so much, because it is honest conversation. To, uh, if you haven't heard this, Charlie, can you tell the story? If you, haven't, if you haven't heard this moment, this is an especially inside look at the emotional experience of Sunday golf. Yeah, it was Firestone last year. I was a couple back uh, on, on Sunday, and a 16 is a 600 and 660, I think. 660 par 5. And I ripped one down there, and I've, I've got, like, close to 300 into yeah, the hole. 287. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a hole that you usually don't go for. It's just it's not – the percentages aren't there. The water's short and rough's long. And I was a few back, and I thought my, the way I was going to win that golf tournament was I had to try to make eagle, try to make something happen. I didn't, I'd finished second the week prior in uh, Canada and lost in the playoffs, so I was hungry for a win. And – uh I pulled the shot off, and then the conversation was from my caddy not wanting me to go for it, and me <laughs> saying, well, I feel like I have to go for it, and I really don't care if I finish second or not. I, I just want to win the golf tournament. And uh, I pulled the shot off, hit it perfect, and went over the water. The rest after that is I didn't win. And uh, <laughs> so it didn't even pan out, and I didn't. And the best part is someone mentioned, I, and I didn't even finish second, I didn't finish third. <laughs> <laughs> moral so, of the story is well you know it kind of brings up to me like a t i don't know if it's taboo but uh playing for second yeah Th you know, is that a thing 
I mean, if someone's got a, a seven-shot lead, obviously guys are going to try to play for second because there's some world golf ranking points. And Can you explain to people who don't understand what is playing for second? What is playing for second is a guy that already had a, has a one. I mean, has it in the bag pretty much the, the tournament. You, I mean, I'd say Tour Championship ended up being a little closer when Tiger was playing, but I mean... He pretty much was on cruise control on that back nine, so everybody else is playing for second there. Right. And, uh, you obviously you want to, you always want to play as, as good as you can. But under the under the gun, there may be some holes that you take a risk on the last hole or somewhere coming down the line to might make you finish sixth or seventh for the opportunity to win. Right. So uh, some people are willing to do it. Some people aren't. And uh, usually the guys that are willing to do it are the guys that do win. Because I've well, I was under the impression that it was like playing for second was like the money was so good for second place that it was just like it's not worth taking any risks, right? And so they're just like, well, I mean, I would, uh, you know, like like I would rather just be where I'm at and just like make pars for the rest of the day or something. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that play that way. They usually, like I said, aren't that great. I mean, when you're announcing the first tee, they don't announce how many millions of dollars you made. They announce how many times you won. <laughs> who who? There's a name that comes to your mind, isn't there? Are you thinking of someone right now who's that, just made a ton of money that's just always teeth? No, like, I wasn't thinking, but the, that's the reality of it. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's a there's a sneaky handful yeah, of guys who have made yeah. like $60 million yeah. I mean, that just I mean, don't what win. What jumps in my head? Charles Howell. I mean, the guy's... I was literally thinking yeah, that, too. I mean, the guy's made so much money. And I, don't, crazy. I don't think... How, he, Google how much money he's won right now. CH3. I bet you... I mean, it's like... I think it's like 38. Yeah, it's in, insane. I think and it was like 27 last year. He won twice. He won... Maybe. Twice. I mean, something like that. I mean, it's it's insane. But I, your your legacy is not by how much money you win. It's how many how many major championships won, and how many times you won on tour. Right. And then if you're an international player, how many international wins? So it's not about how much money I made at the Firestone. Thirty six million CH yeah. three. So it's a uh, it's what you try to do is win. So if you there's some situations where if you're trying to keep your card and. And stuff like right. that, that you money isn't very important, but those are different situations than winning. You're still trying to win the golf tournament. I love it, man. You got a lot of heart, dude. I love, I love, uh, I love talking to you. I love watching you play golf. I like that. Um, I'm looking forward to playing golf with, uh, you know, carrying our own bags. I think that'll yeah. be a fun day whenever we get to do that. And, um, do you have any questions for me before we? No, thanks for coming down, taking the time, yeah. hanging out the house. Yeah, dude, this was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everybody. Have a great week, and check out the uh, check out the vlog online. And that's it. We'll get a lot of info in the uh, post below. Later.